0: Awakening Zone Radio Network, your news
1: and information source for Empowered Spiritual Awakening.
2: Hello,
0: this is uh, Karen Elkins, this is Science to Sage Radio, um, and I want to invite, we have two guests today, we have Krishna Madappa and... And um, Elizabeth Mata Dalian. Elizabeth Mata Dalian is affectionately known as Mata and is a modern-day mystic, a self-realized spiritual guide and a best-selling, award-winning author of the In Search of Miraculous Healing into Consciousness and the founder of the Lightspeed um, Dalian Mata Method for a Health and Consciousness, and um, Krishna, is um, for some of you who've been with me before, he's been on the show a couple times, and Krishna is with us today um, and will be with us mostly at the second half of the show because we're going to talk about a research project that he did with Mata, and this is the part where we talk about the science, the, the science of being a mystic. So welcome, Mata, and welcome Krishna to the show.
1: Thank you, Karen. Good to talk there to you again. We-
0: Yes, yeah, nice. yeah, Mata and I have met in Vancouver, uh, and and I have been, I was to be part of, oh, and here's Krishna, here's all part of the, the part of what well, I'll call the team, way back when, when um, Mata was testing her Mata method for self-healing, I was part of the experiment, and that's how I met Krishna, he was, he was the researcher at that time, and so, um, there were some discoveries and things to to show how um, Mata's method was working, and with that, though, so we're going to go back to Mata for a minute because Mata has an extraordinary gift um, that that not <laughs> I don't know everybody else who has this one, but Mata has the ability to look at you, and and that is a question: You look Mata, do you do you see, do you hear, or how is it that you can look at a body and tell what energy? What words, what phrases they're holding on to?
1: Well, it's uh, really I don't uh, I don't know the how. It's just uh, when I was a child, I, I used to be able to read people's thought forms. And um, when I say thought forms, it's more like what's in their energy and what they have repressed. Um, and as you know. Socially, everybody knows that we say something, and then um, we actually repress our true thoughts and feelings, so I was able to see what people were repressing and um, i just I just hear what 's in the energy and what 's in the unconscious and As I started working with people one on one I gradually um, the the skill evolved to to a place where I could close my eyes and I can hear what's going on in the layers of the unconscious and where the original causes of the problems um, have started because everything in life, we have experiences and then we make conclusions about our experiences, that conclusion becomes a thought form then which is imprinted in the body and unless that belief is transformed into consciousness in other words unless we recognize why did i have this experience what was the purpose of it what what lessons the experience holds for me the moment we see that that's where we recognize that that Everything was perfect and everything was necessary. And and we see, aha, now I see the lesson. So the moment we see the lesson, those thought forms and beliefs just melt away. The causes of the pain and ailments just dissolve. And not only that we start feeling good internally, but also the body starts healing itself naturally and spontaneously without really doing any mental work. So that's... um, um I I could say that it's a skill that that was there when I came into this um body mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it uh, evolved and developed to a point where I I um, devised this method of healing and transformation as I started working with people one on one.
0: Okay, when you had when you had your near your not not near death when you had your awakening
2: Oh, there I was, have in near
1: desk too, but yeah. Did yeah. you have that? Oh, <laughs> oh no, my
0: God! You yeah, you, you,
1: whatever you 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 know, whatever people talk about, you name it. I I have experienced all those you things. You have it.
0: Well, you describe yeah. when you describe it as the absolute. Can you can you let us? What does that mean to you? It's the absolute. How can you describe that? Those experiences you've had. Okay. India.
1: Well, that's uh, that's p- pretty much it's an experience you come to with the word you use awakening. It's um, or Buddha coined the word enlightenment. It's an okay. experience that that you then become a knower that everything is one. You don't just intellectually say all is one in your mind because you ha- heard it and read it, but you become a knower. In other words, you experience the oneness. You then know that there is no separation, and then you, at the same time also know that what creates the separation is the mind, it's the ego, it's identification with uh, things that come and go, our attachment to people, um, our attachment to our desires. So once once you recognize all that comes and goes is is actually has uh, it's not the truth then then you experience that oneness which is the absolute which is it's it's ongoing creation it, nothing stops everything just comes in To visible existence and then disappears out of visible existence but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist anymore the same thing you know when we say the soul is um, everlasting well that's exactly what it means and what is the soul it's still not a separate entity it's still part of the whole which um i i like to use the word absolute that's what i used in the book
0: Right. Well, here you describe that we are like the Big Bang. What do you mean
1: by that? Well, if you look at, just compare, compare science with what's happening internally and what's happening in nature. If you look at that, you will realize that one moment you're sitting silently and there's absolute stillness and there's nothing happening. And suddenly from within that stillness, an idea comes in, a creative idea comes in, a vision comes in, and it comes like a big bang. It doesn't come, it's, it's just out of stillness, out of nowhere, it arises. And that's exactly how everything works in the universe. So if we become a knower of who we are, if we look inside ourselves and we become the scientists of our own inner existence, inner and outer, once we know ourselves, then we know the absolute, we know existence, then we know everything because nothing is separate. What's happening inside me is also happening inside you. If I understand myself, then I'm going to understand you. And that's what makes somebody a mystic. A mystic is someone who knows that that, Knows themselves, and because they know themselves, they they know the mind, they know how the duality works, they also know others because we are not separate. We all go through the same process of transformation
0: you talk I like this right you. The cone is you know you talk about there's um the seven chakras, but there's a vision, or there's an illustration in your book, which I really like, which which shows the vortices. It's like the, how we come into our space. It's like from these wormholes of outer space. But the way you show it in the book, it's like um, the same sort of vortices coming down within the chakra system, which I love the visual on that, because it, it still is a vortex. So you, we, yeah, why don't you describe, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, describe that, because yeah. I think that was an interesting thing.
1: Well, that's what I was trying to say, is when the mind thinks that... What's happening in my energy, in my in my chakras, in my body is separate from what's happening in the universe. But that's not true.
0: Well, I, I, I guess, that's, yeah,
1: yeah, Go ahead. that's where we need to understand uh, that every movement within our own body is related, is connected to the movement that's happening outside. So there's no outside, there's no inside. It's all one happening.
0: Well, that's yes, why you say you explain that Mother Earth. The, the, the way we think of it is dif- different. Is it really isn't. It's that's superficial, and it's not separate. So, how can you, you know, relate that um, to the audience? How how can they completely know that Mother Earth is the same energy form as you and I are?
1: Well, just by observation. You just observe. You know, you observe how how seasons change. How life comes in. New leaves come on a tree, and then they fall. And doesn't mean that when you don't see the leaves, the t- tree is dead. Even though it looks there's no no life happening, but life is continuing. And when you see how things are happening inside the earth, there's constant movement. We don't see what's happening underneath, but there's constant movement. There is there is you know sometimes we see it as a as an eruption um, as an earthquake, but when I was when I was working um, in the whole purpose of me coming here, as I re- realized, was to help heal the pain that's around the planet. Because this pain that's been on the planet, around the planet, surrounding the planet, is all man-made. It's created by humans, and the outer space, you know, the, the ETs or extraterrestrials. I'm just you, you know using that word oh, very go for it. loosely. No, go um, for it. there 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 is an awareness. There's there's levels of consciousness that other entities, other species, other um, planets have reached where the Earth has not reached to yet. So there's a lot of us that are here on the planet now, especially now that that know that this this is not. This is not where where I've originated. I've come here as a visitor. And a lot of us have come here as a visitor to help evolve the consciousness on the planet or at the same time learn from the what the planet offers, what human species offer. So with with my awareness to where I come from and what am I doing here, I recognized that that was my purpose, to come and help heal the pain on on the planet. But then I also recognized that I was doing it all wrong. I was trying to take on the pain from people and hope that it's going to transform, you know, they're going to feel better. And that's what's happening. I was taking people's pain, they were feeling better. But then I started feeling that I'm sinking under it and it's very heavy load and it's just impossible to do it this way. And I realized that the only way that we can solve this problem of, of healing the, the pain on the planet, healing, healing the pain of people, is when each person takes responsibility for their own existence and their own pain and their own um, illness, and that's where then <clears throat> gradually uh, I started working in a different way. And as a matter of fact, I, that that took me several years before I started working with people one on one. But when I started working with people, then I my aim was how can I find a way. That can help people do this work on their own. That I'm doing with them when I'm reading their energies and and I'm reading what's uh, repressed in their energies. So that's how gradually the method became known as the Dalian method, which is now going to come out as a self healing modality that people can actually do on their own and take responsibility for their own transformation and. At the same time, Karen, once you take responsibility for your transformation, for your own pain, you are also taking responsibility to live your joy and creativity.
0: Yeah. Because this okay. is
1: another thing people don't understand. They they think, well, okay, uh, fix me, doc. You know, give me a pill. I don't want to feel this pain. But what and and I want to feel good, but they don't understand by giving away the responsibility to somebody else to fix your pain, you're also giving away the responsibility for your inner power, your creativity, your joy, and living your life fully. (laughs) So that's that's the paradox that people need to understand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like the you talk about you know why the paradox of life you know ascending from darkness into light and life's duality and what is our purpose here? I mean, so when, when we when you go back to that whole conversation, so what is the purpose of our human our human body? I like this part. I'm going to ask this: the human body, because this is from your from your new book that's coming out. The human body is one of the most sophisticated laboratories ever created. Everything in the body, including the bones and the blood, is made of energy. The body is like a barometer that indicates through pain and suffering to direct our attention in order to heal into consciousness. I thought that was brilliant. So, with that, explain. You know, you you have your book is quite profound. I've read it a couple times. I reread it, and um, the purpose of the human body. Explain.
1: Well, the purpose of the human body is to contain a part of the energy that exists within the universe so that in the body, which is a laboratory, in the eyes of existence, it's Mm -hmm. it's simply a tool. It's a laboratory, and that laboratory has an opportunity to transform or it's designed to transform the energy that is within the universe from unconsciousness into consciousness. Because oh I like that for the through universe.
0: That,
1: yeah, through No, I just say i like that. I like
0: that. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. And and through that transformation is how universe expands, how consciousness expands. So that's why it's so important for people to know that they need to take responsibility for their own energy, for their own existence, and and do whatever they can to transform them, their energy into consciousness, because by doing that is how, first of all, you you come to know who you truly are, and you come to know that I'm not separate, that I am this universe, and isn't it wonderful to get to a realization that the whole universe is my home and I have nothing to be afraid of? And the unknown is wonderful.
0: Mm. Maude, here's a question for you, because, you know, you talk about there's three layers, the personal, the collective, and the cosmic. And then there's one part of the book where, when you know, all of these layers of things that we need to swim through, and then at the same time, I, 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 since we're eternal, obviously you're, you're suggesting, and I agree, that we have other lifetimes, so that we're on this continual school of life. Mm-hmm. And so not only when we're born into a particular personality, we're also born into a collective, a family, and into a country. And mm-hmm. so when we get, I'm going to say when we get downloaded into the, through our little vortex have black holes, revisiting this dimension, we come in with certain memories. So Absolutely. how do we I mean, yeah. yeah, so we're obviously having to swim through. Multitude of things, so it, it, it's probably better not to keep piling it on, but keep working it off. So well, how do? Well,
1: happen? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So
0: you yeah. talk and about the, the the chakra system, and there's there's processes through the through the layers of our own bodies that we need to look through. So can you explain how we, you know, through the seven chakra systems, through the vortices of the body, how do we relate to all of these things to begin to heal?
1: Well. Initially, um, when when I was writing about the chakra system and and the vortices and how the energy moves, it's just simply to bring a, an awareness to people that there is a movement in your energy. It's constantly there, even though you're not aware of it. So. Yeah you don't really need to you know have uh, this mathematical knowledge absolutely exactly how this whole thing works but just just the overall understanding that there is a constant movement will help people recognize that the energy needs to move in order for life to happen the energy needs to move and when the energy does not move that's where we start getting the um, the Anxieties and problems, psychological problems, physical problems uh, when the energy is blocked, so how to unblock this energy and how to understand what is the quality of each chakra, because, like I said, the human body is is a laboratory, and those seven chakras um, there are each one of them has a certain quality that is necessary in order for that wholeness and oneness to happen, but they all need to work together without any rejection or denial of any part. So if we deny our sexuality, for example, Mm -hmm. then we're blocking the energy, so we're stopping our energy from movement from the very first chakra. And then if the energy doesn't move up second, third chakra... Where where more uh, the life is happening, and our power center is, and our creativity is. We need that power in order to create. When the energy doesn't move, then it's very hard for that energy to move into the heart chakra, so we can live our human, that beautiful human heart and love awareness. And then it it cannot move to the third chakra, which is. The chakra that helps us to communicate our vision helps us through communication to materialize our vision. And obviously, it absolutely will block the vision because the sixth center where we have that inner vision, where we connect with that inner silence within our being so that we can see from that within the stillness how and what needs to be created and of course connection to the universe through the seventh chakra to let go and say today's a good day to die to say that i surrender my will to the will of the universe that will be almost impossible because there's fear of the unknown because the ego is afraid so that's why in the book i talk about the wounded ego and how it's necessary to heal it into a healthy ego first before it can be transformed and what is ego ego is those parts that are connected, and I connect the ego with the awareness of the um, the chakras. So I tie in the, the men with the chakras so that people understand what is necessary for the ego to develop, when is it wounded in a certain chakra, what is necessary to do so that that could be healed, into consciousness so that the consciousness can then allow for the energy to move freely and then as it moves then every chakra gets back into its normal way of um, being as as it's designed to be and that's where the human becomes a whole human and self-realized. So every step along the way is necessary in order for us to come to that full transformation. And those the, the ego is absolutely necessary to, first of all, if we didn't have the ego at all, then how can we protect the energy that we need to work with? Just imagine a seed. You put a seed in and the seed, you know, it breaks the shell, so the seedling is coming up. And you need a certain protection around it. If you don't protect it, anybody can come and step on it, and that will be the end. There will be no opportunity for that seedling to grow. So our ego is that protection shell. And we need it.
0: We do, but it reminds me of, like, oftentimes we we sign into school structures, we send our kids to school structures, and there's so much rigidness, and you have to control yourself. I think, you know, in some ways it's the beginning of the the squelching of the spirit.
1: Well, even before you go to school, you know, the the control starts from immediately from the moment you're born.
0: Well, they say the first seven years are the critical ones, and you know that's to me it's like, and you're in a, you're in a particular state of I don't know if it's the alpha state, it's one of the states where you're basically in a place where you're being downloaded. So I mean, to me that was always like you never get get off. You think you you've died, but you come back in the same place you've always been. And I always thought that was the way of guaranteeing that you always had to work on the same stuff because you were sort of downloaded to the same sort of frequencies or the same sort of dynamic. And then you had to, you know, finally go, you could talk about there are seven stages of ego development. Um, and so this must be part of the program, I would assume.
1: Well, the thing is that you already come downloaded. So, it's, it's you know, <laughs> you already come with your past history. Your whole history is in your body. Mm-hmm. And what happens is initially, in, when when children are young, they remember there's a certain certain connection that is still open. And uh, physically, there's the the crown chakra. If if you look at how the crown chakra develops, when you look at a newborn baby, the crown is soft, mm-hmm. and it's very open. So there's that connection with With the universe with the divine with the whole existence, and then gradually, as the child grows and the the body grows slowly that starts to close, and that's that's necessary too, because we need in order for us to function in the world. That connection, on some level, needs to be closed because if somebody, just imagine a child is in that full connection, the, the child cannot function. We cannot function because the dimension, the physical dimension is very, the, the vibrations are very low. And in order to function in those low vibrations, you need to adapt and so this is the wisdom of the, of the universe that, that helps you to adapt, helps you to have the ego so you can adapt. But then comes a point where the universe says, okay, you've now matured enough and now you've suffered enough and now <laughs> you need to start doing your work so you can, you can learn to transform this energy. And it's interesting because some souls that have done this work in the past, their past lives, they already come knowing that this is the most important thing and I need to know who I am and I have to do this work. Mm -hmm. And those souls, they start early on. I have many people that work with me. They're very young. And they've started their journey very consciously, very young knowing that I want to know myself. My mm. personal blessing was with my grandfather when he died and I was five, and And I realized I'm going to die too, and I started asking the question, who am I, what am I doing here? This is the most important thing for me to know because I know that I'm going to die. Everything's going to be taken away. Everything's going to disappear. And these are the things we need to teach our children in schools Instead of teaching competition and instead of teaching, you know, right. quote unquote success. What is success? Success is when you live your full potential, what you've brought in. But the way we do it is we go well. If you if you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you know, you um, you have a certain position, then you're successful. Well, that's absolutely not right because many times a child brings a different kind of energy that it needs to live, but then the family forces the child to go and study and break their head to become a doctor. Ooh, I and that's why we have so now. much mediocrity in the world, because because we have not been allowed to be who we have come here to be.
0: Yep, I totally understand that. When having run the school, the kids came in, and I, the biggest struggle was actually with the parents, because they wanted them to fit into a particular paradigm, as opposed to actually looking what the kids really love to do, which is then what, what I yeah. created. I mean, and, and that made such a profound difference, because then it was like, somebody gets me, somebody sees me, somebody loves me for who I am. And that, to me, is the beginning of, of really the, the journey. The rest of it is taking tests. I mean, it's You know, I'm I'm glad that there's good doctors, so don't get me wrong on that one, but I I still think we do have here, I don't know, like the geometry. We come in with a certain set of of patterns of, of something to unfold and to become, and that used to be ancient wisdom, and for some reason that was all taken away, and it seems like, you know, a lot of that's kind of happening But, you know, that that goes into the whole idea of the radios, the cultures, the TVs. And in your book, you're talking about how, you know, we come from silence to sound, and sound to thought, and thought to consciousness. And when I think of today's environment of noise and wave pollution, you know, what what, what are your thoughts about all of this?
1: Oh, well, we all know that they're not healthy. That what we've created, the lifestyle we've created is not healthy. And... Many people are recognizing that, and and it cannot go on forever like this. There's there's going to come a moment where it's just not going to sustain itself. Yesterday I saw in the, in the, on internet the the news that they now have created an artificial uh, meat burger.
0: And oh my god!
1: Out of what? Yeah, it's like real meat, and it's it's uh, it's a burger. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> yeah. they're experimenting, so it's it's real meat, and it it doesn't come from an animal. They've just taken the stem cells from an animal, and they've created this burger. And that's that's where that's where humanity is going, because, but first of all, if you look at it, if you look at the amount of energy that goes into raising cattle just so that people can be fed... And so science has to go that way. They're forced to go that way because if if we need to feed 7 billion people on the planet, we need to think of these kind of things and that's where that's where these things come up. But is it good for us? I don't know because it's altering our entire DNA structure as well because all the foods that we're taking in now, like the GMO foods, and you don't even know what you're eating. Right. So ultimately, to me, the future, the sustainable future, will be when there will be small communities that will come together and they'll be completely self-sustainable. Communities between 500, 5,000 people that produce their own things. They they live sustainably, self-sustainably, and they just exchange what each um, community is producing and 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 at some point money has to come out of circulation because money is basically that part that part that that forces people to to um be greedy forces people to compete forces people to you know um basically do ugly things
0: interesting so you know it's funny the next issue i'm doing on science to sage magazine um somebody had approached me and it's all on sustainable communities and and i understand that the idea of the fall of the money in a sense because in some way it's been so corrupted and so being tilted and lately into one direction um but that really does i think that goes back to the whole idea of the book Mata. is like where do we become a self-sustaining um paradigm and when you have too many people i think of organisms and when so many of the people are living either parasitical the system, the organism will die. So we, we, there there still goes back to, in order for a healthy system, you need people being responsible. To, Absolutely. To, right? So I think, I, I yes. and I get that goes back to, again, the whole life purpose of, of even why we're here. And you know, I always think, have you ever seen the movie Pleasantville? It was, the movie uh, starts I think out, I
1: have, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all
0: black and white. And everybody's yeah, yeah, doing yeah. the same thing. And then all of a sudden, there becomes color and personality. And I think what you're saying is we're all here with a destiny to do something and to bring color and life to. But then again, there's a part in your book that talks about we're afraid that when we take this journey, we won't be supported. So how do we Well, it's all started, it all
1: starts from conditioning, right? It's, yep. it's conditioning yep. from early on because a child knows I'm not supported the way I am. I'm yeah. forced to be somebody else. So everybody comes with that conditioning already that I'm not supported and it's it's in the unconscious. And in the unconscious we we don't train children in schools to look inside and to find and to know that I have all the answers. Nobody no mm-hmm. teacher says you have all the answers. And, uh, no. and uh, <laughs> you know and and if if the child doesn't know that I have the answers, then slowly the child forgets that they have the answers.
0: You know, it's funny. It reminds and, me of one day I was... Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, I was just thinking there was one day I was sitting um, at the Vancouver Museum and with a circle of kids and one of the teachers was a little late and we started talking. And the kids started talking about deja vu, their past lives, and it was really, I let them go and we just talked. And you know what? They are aware. And again, like you say, it's just suppressed.
1: They're very aware. They're they're really aware. very aware. Yeah. I I worked with children. I work with children, too. And uh, I remember this little boy who was nine years old, suffering from asthma. And when I looked into his energy, I could see that he died in a previous life being afraid to ask for what he needed. And so that suppressed energy is still there coming into this life, and he's coughing since 15 Mm -hmm. months old. He's been suffering with asthma, and I asked him. I said, "Do you? What do you think about past lives? Do you think that, that they exist?" And he said, "Yeah." So yeah, whether his parents believe or not, I don't know. But the child knew. So I said, "Great. Now we're going to work with that because that's what that belief from your child, past life is what we need to erase so that you can feel that it's okay to ask for what you need." And once, once the- I worked with. Once I was working with him, huh? Sorry.
0: No, no, I was just, you know, it's like, exactly, how do you, here's the question I have based on what you're talking about. Do you know when you've come in, I mean, I've done past life regressions with that stuff, but you don't even know subconsciously what's in your body and things trigger you and you react, right? So how does one, is is this where your method makes people, you know, bring things up more aware and trust that intuition?
1: Exactly. Exactly. What my method does is helps people, it brings up those repressed thought forms and emotions up to the surface. And once they come up to the surface, and of course the method is such that to bring you, to release you those, whatever's repressed, to bring, so to bring it up to the surface, help you release, and because I'm working with the entire body and entire chakra system and I know what each each part of the body can do then then through the system you eventually come to the point of awareness that aha now I see why this happened now I can let this go because there was a lesson. For example, you know, um, somebody had a painful childhood and uh, his father was constantly yelling at him and and he felt uh, repressed and not seen and not understood, and so the pain is there. And as as he works through the system, He comes to that awareness and says, oh, my God, what my dad was doing, he was trying to push me to be better, and I was taking it the, the wrong way. So my dad wanted me to actually live my fullness, and he was pushing me. The moment you see that, suddenly there's a, aha, I can let go of this pain and the blame and pointing the finger. And I can thank my dad and I can let the past go and move on to my power. Because now I see that I have not been wanting to use my power. That's why I got attracted to a dad that would push me. Mm. You see, that, that, that whole cycle, it that's basically the science of the mystic, is to see that there there is no accidents. And it's not right. about, "Oh poor you, you know, uh look, this happened to you, and you were abused, and um how unfortunate and, and instead of repressing it, taking the person through looking that why did you get attracted to this family in the first place? What do you bring from past life that needs to continue to be transformed into consciousness so obviously, law of attraction we get attracted what what we need to see and work through we need the mirror so we get the parents that would mirror back to us the same pattern that we need to see in ourselves and the moment you start seeing that that's where the liberation comes in there is no other liberation from the mind because the mind is a problem
0: yeah i like that there's a i i the part where you basically talk about befriend everything that's in front of you, what's your reaction, what's your need, be really conscious because that is your mirror. I think, you know, you've been in Scientist Age magazine many times and one of them was about how life is a mirror.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: And so if you want to, because I think that is the biggest revealer. Of, of well, of life is an, an opportunity, so
1: everybody is a mirror. Oscar Wilde said, life is like a looking glass and gives back to every man the reflection of his own face. Mm. And, and if we look at it that way, and he was a very wise uh, man, uh, Oscar Wilde, I love his writings. If you look at it this way, that the whole world is a looking glass and gives back the reflection of, my own face that I need to see and look, look through something and work through something, then every single moment is an opportunity for transformation. But we have that sensory overload that we don't, whoa, it's too much, I can't handle this, and I don't want to look at this, and then we just shut the door. Yeah. And then we continue suffering.
0: Right. It, and which is well, you, you, there's there's um, more consciousness you bring to the bigger. To say the, here's one thing you had in your book: the more consciousness you bring to your ego, the bigger it can appear. <laughs> I think that was funny. So you want to explain that one?
1: Well, the healthier the ego gets, the more it becomes independent. So it's it it starts instead of pointing a finger and blaming, which is the wounded ego the insecurities, the fears, they're all connected with the wounded ego and the belief that I am a victim, that I depend on other people and I, I can't take care of myself and I need other people to love me and I can't be alone. So all that, those aspects of the wounded ego, once they start getting healed, you recognize that I'm enough unto myself, that I have all the answers inside me, I have the power to create my life the way I want, And that's where you step into the responsibility of self-responsibility, of taking responsibility for your own thoughts, your own feelings, for what you create in your life. And once you do that, you stop leaking your precious energy outwardly. And then that energy becomes available for you to reach enlightenment because you cannot reach enlightenment by leaking all those with, with, you know, lots of holes in your energy that are leaking. So you have to close all the holes by healing the the wounded ego. Once you get to the positive, healthy ego, the positive, healthy ego, in a way, comes to the awareness that, well, I'm enough unto myself. This means I can do whatever I want. But still, there is an ego in there. However, it's much easier to see that ego at some point and once you see it, then there's only one thing that you have to let go of. You have to recognize this is still the ego. And you have to say, okay, I surrender. I let go. I I I surrender into the unknown. And the, that part is every spiritual seeker's nightmare, in a way, because... People seek and search and they do what they can and then they come to this point and in order to transform, to transcend this ego, you need to go through agony because seeing the ego is agonizing. In the beginning, you don't know it's the ego. You're identified with it. So it's fine. You can play with, you know, healing it and doing, I call it healing into consciousness. So doing what you need to do. But once you come to this place of recognizing that, that actually it's so painful to let go of my identity because there's that fear of death that you have to face and go through. And that's a very important point. Many seekers come to that point and then they stop. And this is where the role of a master and a mystic comes in, because nobody can detect that kind of an ego except somebody who has passed through that door.
0: Mm. I understand that. I have one of the listeners is making a comment. He says, "Self love is the path that may find behind May find hard to follow. So I I actually, the ego part. I think many times we're always sort of more beating up on ourselves than finding it. And I always think if we're part of the whole and part of the essence, that means that we too are God, and because we're part of it all. And then would God want? Yeah, yeah. Then why would God want to? Why would God take hate a part of himself? And but realizing that we're all part of that God
1: essence. Self love is part of healing the, the wounded ego. You have to come to the place of self love. That, that self love still does, doesn't mean that you you don't have the ego. It it means you're coming to a healthier ego, but you still have the ego. Who is loving himself or herself?
0: Right. So you have to, you have to. You love see it's yourself. so
1: tricky? Yeah.
0: It mm-hmm. is, well, I think it was, I, I, the whole word of paradox comes in because then some people could call that the ego, but then if like you're you're just. There's a part in your book where you distinguish between, you know, that there's the the sexual sort of love and then there's the intimate love and there's a the difference between understanding the two.
1: That's right and that's the difference between the chakra points that we were discussing earlier.
2: Mhm. And that if and, yeah. your
1: energy moves freely and and you're you're not repressing anything, then you will know the difference very easily.
0: Right. So here's another part that you talk about. A lot of people for healing use visualization. But you mm-hmm. talk about that being some. sometimes the visualization takes you back into the mind as opposed to the observer. So you want to distinguish between the two?
1: Yes. The visualization is good in a sense that it helps you. It helps the mind. It's almost like you're using the mind to heal the mind. So it's good as as a tool, but it's it's limited. So it's still part of the healing process, which is a tool. And the part that meditation brings, that's the part that brings you to recognize your being, your stillness, your silence, your nothingness. So that recognition of nothingness, is where you transcend the ego because the ego does not want to be a nothing. Ego does not want to be a nobody. Right. That's the struggle of every seeker. They they feel, well, if I if I become a nobody then then it's it's painful. Well, I don't want to let go of my identity and become a nobody. But in right. order to come to self-realization, you have to be a nobody. Right. But the nobody means I have no ego. I am a nobody, truly. But there is an awareness that I am.
0: Well, I that again is the paradox. Am I, you know, am I, I'm here to have a purpose and I'm still supposed to clean up the part. And I think what you basically distinguish it from is, is getting rid of your negative thoughts and your negative emotions. And then I maybe, like my, my friend John over here, it's getting it into the place where you say the universe is here to be creative and to be joyful.
1: But you are it, you are the universe. And, and if you live that way, if you right. become a nobody, you can actually live that way. Because then you understand that it's not me who's creating. It's creation is happening through me. The work is happening through me. I'm just a vehicle. And, because and and that's up- how the universe can speak through each one of us.
0: Is that the difference modic is you know I, I feel sometimes it's kind of uh, rather humorous is that sometimes I'll stay in bed longer because I feel like I'm getting my downloads and my my insights and that's like being part of the universe and listening to like the instructions for the day Is is that kind of what you're talking about is just being tapped yeah, in and, and yeah. open to receive
1: Yeah in a in a place of doing nothing Okay is where we can receive But then you have to receive with that awareness that that, okay, I'm just a vehicle and I'm receiving this and and now this is what existence wants me to do and I'm doing this. Just like when I was working on creating uh, the self-healing method or, or even the method itself, I knew that I'm exploring existence is using me because existence can see who has what kind of gifts and what we can do with those gifts because each person brings the com- through a, a, a long journey of developing some kind of a skill, developing some kind of awareness, and mm-hmm. then it gives each person the responsibility of having to bring something to benefit the, the world to, to basically what is benefiting the world is expanding consciousness within the universe. So to me it was, okay, here's universe so that this person has these abilities and has that this awareness and this is the good vehicle to create this method. So therefore, I I am aware of that. I'm aware of that yes, I do have my skills, but there's something beyond me that is is working through me, so that I'm I'm there and I'm not there at the same time.
0: Mm. Okay, I, I I I completely understand that, and I guess like this, and then I would actually say we'd probably flip back and forth. As we're working through our
1: stuff. Well, the thing is, for me, Karen, I don't see any separation anymore, because there is no separation. I don't. I'm not coming from the place of the ego that says, "Well, me, you know, look at what I've done." Look, I see myself as a guardian of something that has been, that has um, come through me, and as a guardian, I know I need to keep its purity because it's a very on the outside, it looks a very simple method, but it's a very um, profound and complex thing that happens within that simplicity. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I
0: guess I'm, I'm still working on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it. Well, you know, it's, it's soon. It's it's pretty much around the corner maybe another uh two three months and it will be out for people to use and some people have already been using um, people who've, who've been doing my online courses and um so so it the the, the success of it is tremendous people call it lightning in a bottle a firecracker you know it it's so fast and it it just it just goes to that point so quickly Because we're we're at the point where we don't have time. We've already taken a long time to get here. Now we need speed methods.
0: Here's a question. My last issue was on um, DNA. And I know you you basically in your book say we can change it just by our thoughts. And so like Bruce Fripton's work, you would say that that would be accurate.
1: Well, DNA, it's something in nature. So uh, nature creates a certain... Um structure uh mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, scientists who have been exploring the deep seas they have found the human d n a um in in uh, in living creatures down deep down under the sea that normally it's not possible to dive into, so they have to go with you know those little tubes that they have to be in with oxygen, etc. So that DNA is exactly the same as human DNA. And if you look at the human DNA, what, what creates, what breaks the DNA and takes it out of the, its natural form is when the energy is blocked by our thoughts and emotions. So it's not able to move. So there is a breakage. And once those thoughts, what also scientists call it now epigenetic code, once that epigenetic code, which is on top of the DNA, is removed and the energy is allowed to move naturally and freely, the DNA comes back into its natural, healthy form. That's why I've seen, when I work with my method, incurable diseases get cured just spontaneously, just by after removing what's blocking in other words clearing that epigenetic code which is basically a code with all those beliefs and emotions on that is uh, imp- imprinted on top of the dna because the body comes as a natural neutral thing and only 1% of our illnesses are genetically passed on but even that has a story of of mental emotional imprint and and when it's like imprinted over and over and over and again, like a carbon copy, carbon copy, carbon copy, yeah, okay, that comes in. But still, one person, and I've had so many people that are finding me and working with me, that one person comes in to break that, um, to cut the cord of those continually repeating patterns. And once they cut the cord of a certain pattern that goes genetically through the family chain, then they help everybody before them and everybody after them. So they stop that pattern from continuing. So the healing happens for the generations, before and after.
0: You know, it reminds me, DNA to me looks like, um, it's identical to an electrical wiring system. So it's almost like once you've cut a certain piece of the wire it doesn't connect anymore so it's like what dr joe would say what wires together fires together so yeah, exactly. again
1: yeah
0: right so you're helping exactly. you're helping that to 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 um I, to heal so here what would so, you do so you know, yeah, so here's the question that I have, Mata. We have so much. I, I look at all of these cultures around the world, and so many different perspectives and so many points of view, and yet I see that there's so many people trying to do such amazing things around the world. So there's almost like this contrast at the moment, like this extreme duality that you sense. That you know, that maybe the the darkness has to come to the light before the before the dawn. Is that? But you're talking about smaller communities. So I, I've read a lot where a lot of people are seeming that there's going to be some upsets coming soon. Um, and so, you know, smaller communities will exist. It will be people more responsible, back to more like the village. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're suggesting? Well,
1: well the thing is, Karen, I um, I had a good fortune to have lived in a community like that in the 80s, which okay. was created. So mm-hmm. I have the taste, I have the experience, and I know how vibrant those communities can be there's only one important thing that needs to happen within those communities in order for community to be as a one organism they they commonly need to do the inner work they have to do they have to be focused on self-transformation otherwise people's egos always come in and there's more problems that come in to exist so there needs to be a certain understanding and respect to those who have actually struggled through their ego and have come to to a place of clarity and understanding. And th- that's what the Natives did with their elders. There was a certain understanding and respect for the elders. We don't have that anymore. And he, especially no, here no, in anyway. the West... In the East, there's more understanding that if somebody's become a Buddha, somebody's awakened, there's an understanding that there's a certain reverence and respect here in the west that's missing that's gone It's not existent in order for those communities to live and when you go in the in in in, in India, for example, in the East, you step on the on the on the soil and you can see of course everything's changing now it's getting westernized. Everything's mm-hmm. getting infiltrated from the west, but you step there and there is a natural sense of being in the heart. It's already there. You don't have to to work at it, talk about it. You know, if you want to go see somebody, you don't have to call before you go. You can go and knock on their door. So, it's it's that kind of sense is already there because there is there is there is a certain understanding and respect for the for the enlightened ones, for those who bring the light that bring that that um create the soil for people to awaken. And until that starts to happen in the West, I don't see that those self sustainable communities can go too far. Mm. That needs well, yeah, to I- be part of it. And that's that's one thing that I don't think anybody talks about, but it needs to be part of it. Meditation has to be absolutely part of it. Self exploration, um, doing inner work, has to be part of it. So you cannot separate. It's not just about growing your vegetables and eating and and being susten- and sus- sustaining the body. It's about helping through that sustaining the body process, helping to transform the energy
0: that you bring. Well, the, the part about the heart, I mean, every every ancient thinking f- wisdom always says that the heart is the core of it all, and I always think of it as the place where the emotion, where you get the e-ticket ride, and then the the brain is basically, you know, the antenna to receive what it is that, you know, like you say, we're a transducer and a transceiver. You mentioned that in your book, that we're like a radio channel. And um, I think that the, the DNA, as my friend over here, John says, is you know it's kind of like the wiring system that brings the brings down the charge, brings down part of that being in that electric universe. But the heart, heart is well, the part that has that big to, magnetic
1: field.
0: Yeah. Now, go for it. There's more to
1: it than that. There's more to it than that, Karen. It the okay. heart. The reason the heart is so much spoken of is because because we have become very heartless society, especially in the West. And the the heart is the chamber that transforms the lower frequencies, the frequencies of survival and competition, and and you know those uh, animal collective, the cosmic unconscious that we bring because we we every every single body doesn't matter whether it's a human or animal body has that instinct within it self-survival instinct so heart transforms all that that's why there's so much talk about the heart because once you get to the heart you suddenly feel that that you're not separate you suddenly feel that there's something bigger but it's it's still not the end you still need to continue to the place where because it's like who's being loving yes love is love is that beginning of spiritual transformation let's put it that way so so once you get to transform and come to that to the heart
2: then there's still one more step because how long can oops hello
0: Uh uh-oh i think my mother Mata, are you still there krishna are you there
2: uh 100 percent my
0: dear ah i think Mata just got disconnected um Sure. So you know what? I'll wait for Mata to come back on, but while while she just got disconnected, I'm going to introduce you because it's straight up on the hour. And um, Krishna has been part of the research that um, I'll read this from here. In 2011, an experiential research, an experimental research study was. But um, Krishna, do you have a radio, uh-huh. or are you listening to the radio? If you can turn it down, because I can hear the feedback on it.
2: Oh oh so it, sure. Certainly. Yeah. That, yeah okay, that's down. that's
0: why I kept waiting there. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Here we go. So for two thousand eleven, an experimental research study was conducted in Vancouver, Canada using an EPI G D V. It's an electrophoton imaging gas discharge visualization equipment um which measured the healing effect of Mada's um Mata method. Um device was made by Constantine how do I say his last name?
2: Karatko.
0: Yeah, I know I so, never say so, that right. <laughs> yes,
2: it's Well, I'll
0: say it for you. <laughs> I'm so glad you did, Krishna. Um, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm a funny little duck that way. So why don't you, while we're waiting for Mata to come back on, why don't you explain what the machine does and what it can measure so people can understand.
2: Okay, beautiful, oh. beautiful. Mata, we got you back on. Oh
1: sorry. I think I probably got too excited and, and just my finger hit, that, that but, hit but, the button. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. That's so Money okay. yeah, i
0: I've, I've been I've I've reintroduced Krishna, he came on and um he's explaining great. the I explained that you had an experiment and that his device was measuring and he was gonna explain what it was that it was measuring. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah great.
2: Okay, so go ahead, Krishna. Oh, okay. So, so wonderful. What What is observed from the data that is collected, data is captured from all the ten fingers because in our fingers also as dear Mother was sharing in the earlier hour, that we are an imprint of cosmic intelligence. So, we have seen that in deep practices of Vedic wisdom, the Uh, interconnectedness of the fingers, not only to all organ systems, but also to other principles that relate to movement of planets, movement of informational sequences related to galaxies and universes. That is one principle. Second principle is that in the Chinese system of medicine, where we look at meridian structures, meridian points, where information exchange is governed in principles of light, so these two have been fused. These two platforms were fused together, alongside the way we learn medicine in the western part of the world, which is understanding your psycho emotional body, understanding your physiological body, otherwise known as parasympathetic systems and sympathetic and sympathetic systems. So in these platforms now is the development of all the software that dear Dr. Korotko has built done developed over the last 25 years so we start by capturing a biophoton imprint of each finger so what does that mean that means that when we place a finger on the electrode and it's it's a covered space so it's like taking a take, taking a photograph in the dark room uh, and extracting the negative of that so when we place the finger on the electrode it is Stimulated, and it is stimulated by electrons and photons. So when that stimuli of electrons and photons comes and impinges on the tip of the finger, we are beings that transmit information collectively. So that light that is impinging upon the tip of the finger captures the distribution of light that is being emitted from the human thumb, or the forefinger, or the middle finger, the ring finger, or the little finger, and that in turn goes through a charge coupled device, otherwise called a CCD camera, and then that image is then transformed into data, not only by picture data, but by mathematical correlates. So what we then observe is a complex arena of screens that shows not only what we call the energy field, which is the level of light that resides in the human energy field, but also how the energy distributes itself, both on the left side of the body, the right side of the body, how our left-right brains are correlated, how our chakras are aligned or not so aligned. So that's a, a nutritional summary of what occurs when we place our fingers on the device of dear Konstantin Gorokhov, called electrophoton imaging, captured by gas discharge visualization. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Krishna. Mata, why don't you explain a little bit of? Go ahead. Yeah. I might, I so might let you and Krishna describe and, and talk a little bit more. And I might back off a little bit because this is not that I wasn't not a part of the experiment. I was. That's how I met Krishna. But, um, but I, and I had met Mata before. So, Mata, why don't you and Krishna sort of explain a little bit together. Mata, why don't you go first what the Mada Method is and what it is that you were trying to um, talk about. and, and to, to I, I Actually, the, the science of the mystic is what this section is called. So what is it that you were looking for to reveal?
1: well i I ha- obviously I had heard about the krillan photography and um i I was interested to see whether I can find some some kind of a device that could use krillan photography to to measure or to show energy energy changes and the the fingerprint images I've seen before uh taken with the creollon photography and um, it, it was just like, okay, let's Google now, and let's see if we can find any kind of a device that can measure this. And that's how I found Krishna, and ah. emailed emailed him, and um, so he agreed kindly to come to Vancouver and bring his uh, device, and and to do the experiment because what I wanted to do as I was writing the book I I felt like it would be I know I could see ch- changes in people's energies I could see uh I get the the verbal and I can see the actual transformation when when the beliefs are released and awareness comes in and the method is such that it grounds the awareness in. So I, I know all these things. I can see all these things. But it's good to have something visual that other people can see as well. Mm. So that's how Krishna came. And uh, we did a, a small experiment. So what we did, we we had uh, 14 people that came. And uh, there were three men amongst them and we we got them to fill out questionnaires before we actually even uh, got them to do the method the self-healing method and get measured so they filled out questionnaires and what their ailments were and um they scaled on on from 10, 1 to 10 the intensity of the ailments and then we got the first imprints uh, with with the finger uh, fingertip uh, images, and afterwards they did the self healing uh, version of the Dalian method. Now I have to also say because of the environment, it was everybody was sort of in a, one big room, and you know this, Karen. And yes, I There do. was a certain sense of. Um, self consciousness, so people weren't really fully letting themselves go into loud expression, which the method asks you to do so there was a there was a sense of holding back a little bit, but even with that the the results were amazing whilst they did the after images, it was incredible to see how the energy field started changing and where I took I took three cases out of those to to include in my book because those were the cases where there was more dramatic dramatic visible uh, change that you could see somebody who whose husband had passed away a few weeks before he had committed suicide so obviously that person had a lot of emotional um, disturbance inside. And she had a lot of pain as well in her body. So um, you can see the dramatic change after using this method, how the whole energy field corrected itself. And, of course, uh, can you imagine if a person is completely free to to not feel any self-consciousness that other people are listening to to what I'm verbalizing out loud. So the impact could be a lot a lot um stronger so i um we, that's what we did so krishna measured the before sessions and after and um the data of course because it's generated through a um a complex um system and 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 through a program Not very many people can interpret the program. For me, it was easy to interpret in some sense that I knew how, how, what the conditions were before. Then we got the post session questionnaires filled out, so we can compare the people's experience as they described what was before and how they felt afterwards, and they scaled the gain on a scale of 1 to 10, then we can compare and see how the results were showing in the actual um, printout or on the computer. Which, which was fascinating to me. It was really incredible to see that a system like this can show. And and I have to say that many times there's things that are showing. But uh, and you can probably agree with me, Krishna, on this. It's hard to interpret what is what, what exactly the system is showing because it's there's still so much more to put into the system to be able to uh, interpret all these
2: things. So in in the in the deepest sense, dear Nada, you're precise. Yes, and I think what we were what we were conducting here was establishing a degree of preciseness because we were not only looking at the subjective levels of data from the energy fields, but also we were looking at quantitative data. And then we were looking at quantitative data there, as you were referencing earlier is that how the response of the organs represented by the activity of chakras are in turn displayed by numerical values. So when we went into such parameters, yes, that is the depth, and hence it's it's a deeper science that we require to understand. And for you, you intuitively pick this up because of your deep associations already in the divine essence.
1: So well, nice. this is where this, this is where I feel um, further further experiments and further research using somebody uh, like myself and and a knowledge of energy. If that was part of the um, the the equipment or the interpretation or part of the program, can you imagine how precise this program can actually be able to diagnose and? Because obviously it's the thought forms that are imprinted, that are repressed in the body's organs, in the body, that cause the energetic blockages that the system is picking up. But the system doesn't know what kind of thought forms and what kind of beliefs are are blocking the energy. So that's the part that that um, I don't know how maybe sometime in the future it could happen that the system can actually pick up exactly the thought forms, but that's going to take a lot of research and a lot of uh, money and a lot of manpower to, to come to do that. But um, in terms of showing something in my for, for my own purposes, I can interpret some of it, based on knowing what kind of thought forms what kind of energy blockages uh, or what was creating the energy blockages so so i'm hoping that maybe something can to that effect can happen that um the device can help people to to actually recognize their their repressed thought forms and their repressed beliefs but uh well that's a hope for the future I guess but in the meantime I know for myself when when Krishna was uh, Krishna had come two two days prior um well a week prior I went to Montreal because my mother was in a hospital and she was dying and oh, I um, I had already booked the time with Krishna and everything was set and everybody was set. So I had to come back, and it was very painful for me to leave my mother there in a the hospital, knowing that I won't be there when she passes. So and I felt when I came back, I felt this tremendous pain in my heart, which I never felt before. And I could feel that was my mother's pain, and, and I could feel that she was really, you know, a, and she was paralyzed on the half side of her body because she had had an accident prior, a uh, car accident, and they did a brain surgery to remove the blood that was collecting in the brain. But then she's 81 years old. She couldn't, She was in the coma for two months, then came out of coma. So that's when I went to see her. And she's on the tubes, and, you know, she's being fed through tubes, and not a life. And one of the hands is being tied into the bed, so she cannot move her hand to even, you know, scratch her nose. So that was totally not life to live. So I was encouraging her to let go. So the time I was there, I helped her to just let go. It's fine. You can get another body. Don't have to be attached to this. You can let this one go. So I did what I could, but I could still feel that, you know, you see another human being in suffering. Everybody kind of feels. So you don't like to see anybody suffer. So anyways, this, it was the second day of the um, our research project that, uh, that I got a call that my mom passed away. But what I was trying mm-hmm. to say is that as I had come back, so when – Krishna had arrived. And we did the reading. This is where I got impressed by the by the system is when I had my own uh, fingers read, it picked up that there was something with my heart. And I was feeling that, that cringy pain in my heart. It was like, you know, squashed. And the, the system picked it up. And I was like really pleased with that. I said, okay, well this is really going to Help me see some some results that I want to see with with this experiment. So um, and of course Krishna is very lovely to work with. He's always uh, he? <laughs> he's always he's joyful like and, yeah. This is what I was trying to say. You know, people from the east they have that very easygoing personality and they kind of make you feel comfortable and and good and so and he did that, which was very very helpful also.
0: Yeah, he did. And I remember now, walking out to... Did... No, go ahead. I was just going to say how I met no, you. No, no, I walked out to the car ahead. and said, can I have an article for my magazine? And you said, of course. <laughs> so anyway, always said he's yeah. cheery, cheery, beautiful human being. So go ahead, Krishna.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the, the essence, the essence, dear mother, as you were sharing, in terms of being able to extract the kind of sensitivity of data which you were mentioning about earlier, This is continuously at the forefront of dear Constantine to extract as much information and to also then be able to provide a report to this development that could make it really transformative to anyone uh, across the world so that one could get a pulse as to what is occurring, what's going on, I know what's going on inside of me, what steps can I take to empower myself so that I could be of greater service to myself because if we are not in service to ourselves, how can we be of service to life in principle? So uh, such, such developmental algorithms have begun to expand the, the development of where, where the GDB is today from where we were two years ago. And now there is an experimental program, which I'll just uh, just uh, convey. It's called Cosmo Energetics. And Cosmo Energetics is, again, looking at the expansiveness of who is this magnificent human, not just human being, but this human luminous being. And the correlation of this luminous human being in the grand spectrum of the cosmic intelligence of life, and how all the rhythms within this human presence correlate to self-organization, so these are these are the and because I just got back from St. Petersburg uh, being with Constantine for about two weeks, so these are these are the newer developments of what has been evolving. Hmm.
1: Will, well, you know, my my uh, wish, Krishna, is that to see that eventually the science of the, the scientist that is coming with data, the scientific data, and the science of the mystics that have their own data can mm-hmm. come together. And this is going to, this is the only way we're going to really create that wholeness, that... There's something that the scientist can do and can help to bring consciousness and awareness to. And there's something that the mystic can do and which the scientist cannot do. And those two needs to come together in order to, like I said uh, as I was writing, that the tools are brought by the mystics. And the science will bring that visual. That's why I was so keen on having the visuals in my book, is because through visuals we 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 learn, we educate ourselves. Peter and Shail to bring that, that pardon? Go
0: ahead, Mata. Go ahead, Mata.
1: Yeah, to to bring that that visual education with that inner education and and tools to offer people as one one unit would be such a tremendous achievement in the human energy field uh, transformation potential. Because somewhere, somewhere there's still, there's gaps, there's big gaps, and those gaps need to be closed. And the way they're closed is by... Acknowledging the limitations, and then acknowledging, seeing the what each area, what each system, what each um, uh, section of the mysticism or, or science brings together, and, and bring those together, and, and combine, and basically, I'm talking quantum physics here, where we come to that place where people need to understand. It's all about healing your ego, healing into consciousness, and finding your eternal truth, finding your your deathless being. That's the goal. So if the goal is kept in mind properly, then if we... I always say to people, if you focus in the right direction, you're going to find the answer. If you look at the wrong direction, you're never going to find the answer. If you want to fix something you're not looking in the right right direction look at what is the issue what is the problem and look focus on the causes and then focus on the solutions will come so that would be the right direction to me and and i hope this can happen in my lifetime because there needs on to iPhone. happen
0: Yeah, no, I've got some interesting guests that are coming on next week and the week after um, that I think are heading also in that direction. I think, and and also I have to give Krishna, because he himself is his own shaman, so I think when he actually uses his GDV device, he's very um, in tune with with not only the, the... the cosmic um, ramifications as well as he is with the visual and I love the visuals from the GDV because it shows that light and life are um, in itself the essence of who and what we are and it's an absolutely stunning and beautiful Um, device. If people haven't gone to to krishnamadapa.com you can actually see there's booklets on there that are um, quite stunning of the work that reveal not only how gems light up, how um, plants light up, how actually somebody just sent me an article that you had done Krishna about how when you wear organic Mm -hmm. clothes how just the essence of what you actually put on your body affects the radiance of you or not. I thought that was amazing.
2: Yes, dear Dr. Shabmila Nagaraj, yes. Dedicated
0: yeah, okay. in the
1: Gandhian
0: principles. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. the, the, you yeah. So, see. so this
1: thing needs to be brought to main mainstream science. This is what what I'm trying to say. The mainstream yeah. science it, it does not even acknowledge what um, Krishna is talking about, or they don't even you know acknowledge, especially in the West. I know in in Russia they're using this equipment um, in in um, the Russian medical system. But yeah. it's really not mainstream. It's not really being used. If you look at mainstream, you know, you know, um, you know, people who have cancer. So what do they do? They they force them to go through chemotherapy. Is it necessary? Well, have have. Have I come across anybody who's been healed and cured through chemotherapy? I haven't personally. But, you know, people maybe go through remission or whatever, but they go through this unnecessary poisoning process. So the mainstream, when I was talking about earlier, I was talking more about the mainstream. The mainstream science, the mainstream um, uh, medicine is so behind in actually involving bringing in this new advanced way of looking at the whole healing process
0: what I think it's so, ironic about all, Mata, is when you actually look at all of this and you put all the science and all the disciplines together, they all say the same thing. It's just that everybody's looking through their own little, you know, lens which is ever so small in perspective. And I think we need to get back to sort of a, a renaissance approach to to who and what we, we are we are thinking. Um, you guys we have five minutes. I wanna make sure that both of you have, you know, um, a clear time to kind of, you know, I know, Vishen, um Krishna, you have a few things you wanted to say, and Mata, you've been just amazing. So, with that, you know, if you guys each take a couple mm-hmm. minutes, just to sort of like some whatever it is that you'd like everybody to know, I think that'd be great. Mata, you want to go first, and then I'll have Krishna. We'll end with his OM.
1: <laughs> oh well, uh, there's so much to say, and we already said so much, and we can keep talking. Um, I know not could. <laughs> my my main my main thing is. It, the ultimate liberation that's that's what i um that's what my whole teaching is is liberation from pain and suffering, and the way we come to liberation from pain and suffering we have to take responsibility for whatever's happening start from where we are and with a with an understanding that there are many tools available using the tools and coming to Basically, it's time for us to heal that wounded ego that that we're pretty much uh, been feeding as a society, as as a community, as a whole in the world. We've been basically feeding that wounded ego. Instead of feeding it, we need to take advantage to look at what it offers us, heal it, so that we can become a self-sufficient humanity. And with that, we can bring the creativity and the power that we each one has because each person is is actually um, has that nuclear power within themselves to to transform to make this world a better place so to me it's that's the goal The goal is is for each person to find their awakening to do whatever they can so that that's how you're going to help. Transform yourself. That's how you're going to help transform um, the world and make it better place.
0: Thank you. And, and um, Krishna, before you end, and, you, and I'm going to let you end with the Om. I just want it because then we'll we'll um, end out. I just want to first say. Definitely, we're at the Awakening Zone. Please check in with the rest of there's a myriad of, of amazing hosts here. Um, they do workshops. And listen into the workshops, and uh, so I just wanted to, to say thank and thank you for the Awakening Zone for ho- hosting Science to Sage Radio as they do twice a month. It gives us an opportunity to bring the people alive in the magazine from Science to Sage. So with that, Krishna, go ahead. Thank you.
2: Okay. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It's- we can summarize this into some very clear words. Swami Vivekananda in the 1890s conveyed a very explicit, punctuated sentence. He said, when mankind awakens to a higher vision, the lower vision disappears unto itself. A few beings, heart form with infinite energy, infinite enthusiasm, infinite courage infinite patience and infinite love can do more in a year than a mob in a century those words echo because it contends to arise awake and stop not till we have fulfilled and what is the fulfillment the fulfillment is this divine cosmic plan to which I have been conducting research that began in January of This year, on a fire ceremony that was extended over 81 hours in a fire pit 27 feet by 18 feet and 3 feet deep, conducted by a very divine and high-vibration dean, whose name is uh, Rishidev Narendranji. The principles underlying this is that we come from a contaminated space, as dear Nada has conveyed, so we let us begin, number one, by purifying it. When we purify it, then we prepare the field to receive the intelligence of the cosmos. And third, is the moment we are prepared, we begin to divine this by practices that we inculcate into our discipline. Krishna, so 30 seconds. Okay, so now this is the summary. So, and that besides in each and every one of us. So, with that, we are truly in the age of light now. And we are beams of light. With that, let us continue with the vibration of the eternal vibration. So please all take a nice breath in and gently exhale out, exhaling out all that may be constricted inside. And now let's take another breath in.
0: Hi, this is Jeffrey Hoppe for the Crimson Circle. Thanks for listening to today's program on The Awakening Zone, the international network for empowered human awakening. The Awakening Zone is produced and sponsored by the Crimson Circle on the web at www.crimsoncircle.com. The website is a safe space to experience your spiritual journey without membership or dues and no dogma or rules. It's a gathering place for anyone who is awakening, no matter what their background or beliefs. The Crimson Circle Library contains over 10 years of some of the most insightful and provocative spiritual information available today, with channeled messages from the popular Tobias, Kutumi Lal Singh, and Adama St. Germain. Everything in the library is free. Just log in and download it in text, audio, or video formats. On the website,